Mishka Shabali is catching up with friends who are arguably more talented than him. Hey, yo. Uh, what's up, y'all? It's Mishka. Um, how you doing? I'm back from the dead, kind of. The man, COVID recovery. The uh, COVID. Have you heard about this thing? This new COVID thing. The now that I had it, uh, it's it's an issue. It's a big deal. It. Uh, the, I know there are millions dead globally, but COVID ruined my vacation, and also I gained eight pounds when I'm I was in Ohio. Uh, so I'm goddamn ready to speak to a manager about everything in this unjust world, but. Uh, the I can't remember if I made this analogy or not because I'm so fucking brain dead from it. The the analogy for COVID recovery is that it's like heartbreak in that um, there's you, there'll come a day where you're like, OK, that's it. I'm done. I'm this is taken so long the I'm finally done with all this shit. And then the um, you hear a fucking Beatles song or something like that. And you're like, oh, God, I'm, I'm, I'm sick again. I still have it. The so um yeah today is the best day it's been whatever almost three weeks exactly now since I started feeling sick and definitely starting you know definitely feeling better but it's so slow it has such a long half life it's like the you you'll you will get uh one inch better every day and that's it there's no dramatic uh, usually when you're sick you have that one day where you're like I'm no longer sick fuck yeah and it's like the uh, it's like the end of A Christmas Carol where Tiny Tim throws his crutches down and he's like, I can backflip. Um, the, but no, there's none of that. It's just the COVID recovery is like grief. It just gets the just gets smaller and smaller without ever going away. Um, boy, that was a dark one. The I'm taking a turn for the dark early. Um, all kinds of stuff going on. Um, I'm, I'm back. I'm fucking back. I've had two good months. I had a good summer. The darkness that has plagued me for the last two years is fucking over and done with. We're closing the door on that. I'm moving on with my life. I'm back. I'm booking shows. Uh, September 13th, I will be playing in Phoenix. Um, September 14th, I'll be playing in Tucson. Both of those are with my friend David Dondero, an incredible songwriter. The We'll try and get him on the podcast. I've been a fan of his for 20 years. Uh, if you're a fan of Bright Eyes, Bright Eyes is a fan of David Dondero. Um, and in fact, he lifted his style of singing from Dave. Um, something that he has been forthright about. Uh, Dave's, God, just so such a gifted songwriter and storyteller um he's been doing it forever and he's seen so much too much much too much more than anyone should see the um he's he's just written some incredibly beautiful and insightful and heartbreaking songs about it super psyched to be playing with him uh september 13th in phoenix september 14th in tucson um both of those shows are uh undertow house shows and the, um, the, the, you have to buy tickets in advance. The only way you find out the location of the show is by buying a ticket. Uh, so go to undertowshows.com. Um, I think it's like 20 bucks. It's fucking worth it. Um, and the money goes to us. The, so um, please come out. There'll be really cool, low-key, intimate shows. 
Um, should be a great night on both of those. Uh, also, September 24th, uh, Andy Awancio is going to be performing at the side yard. Uh, the side yard will be springing back into action. Um, also, my buddy Rad Pinkard, uh, Colin Galitko, who does the production for this incredible podcast uh he'll be performing as well i think we're gonna have adam baith and the i don't know some other jerks um september 24th at my house uh please come to that as well the podcast today we continue heels week uh had josh mclean from heels last week which god was so good the i i love josh and i know i love josh and also i haven't talked to him in for fucking ever and i forgot how much i love him and how great he is and the so we had to just sort of continue that hot streak and have uh his better half his road wife uh brandon whalen the uh the lead singer and uh and lead guitar player in heels um on the podcast the we talk about this a little bit, and I, I think I've talked about this before, you know, that um, the group chat that everybody has had going on for the last 18 months, two years, two and a half years, that's been one of the things that got you through COVID. Um, JT Habersat, Josh McLean, and uh, and Brennan Whalen uh, were those guys. And the we've all gone through our, our different changes, and the grief is not a contest, but Brennan wins. <laughs> the... Um, in 2020, uh, he lost his younger sister and, um, we talk about it a little bit. The, it's tricky because it's, you know, it's one of those things that, where it's like the, it's like the Grand Canyon. It's so massive. You, you really don't know how to conceptualize it until you see it. You know, the, um, we also talk about uh, grilling in the nude and hair ties and long hair versus short hair and the and you know the sort of um, the roadmap of our relationship where I because I do everything in bad faith I just assumed that Josh was going to be um, some insincere glad handing uh, prick and that Brennan was going to be. Um, you know, some Punisher fanboy. And now, now I think I'm a bigger fan of, uh, of these two guys than they are of me. The, but, um, heels is just an incredible band. One of my favorite bands right now. And Brennan is a huge part of that. Um, he has, um, just an incredible voice, the, uh, soft and silky, but still, uh, still rough, like, uh, like dark chocolate. And, uh, he's just an incredible writer. The, there's a lot of things that I try to get my students to do that Brennan just does naturally and better. Um, the One of their songs, Antics, starts with the line, uh, I've been a juggalo for most of my life and I ain't good at brushing my teeth. And that's, that's everything that I want to teach my students how to do, is to just plunge somebody immediately into a new world. Anyway, uh, enjoy this week's podcast with uh, Brennan Whalen from Heels. Are, are you in the backyard by the grill with your dick out drinking tequila? My dick is in my pants, <laughs> but all the all the rest of them, yes. 
the whenever I think of you, I just think of you with the like uh, the like Swedish chef's uh, floppy cook's hat, uh, kiss the cook apron, um, a spatula on one hand and your wiener in the other. You know how hard it is. Like those hats are really you can tear them apart real easily. Jessica's gotten me those that I've worn while nude grilling and uh, <laughs> they just rip apart real easy. <laughs> I like that the hat is the difficult part of that. Uh, that yeah, tableau. absolutely. Yeah. You're, no, not the like, fact that I not yeah. the fact that I use a hair tie to wrap the apron around my dick at the bottom so it doesn't cover it because I want to make sure I want to make sure Jess can see it. Dude, the funny thing about hair ties is that my, my primary experience of hair ties is like when you found a nice lady who's, you know, going to give you a Billy Joel and she's like getting down to business and she puts her hair up in the hair tie. So it's, it's become sexualized, you know, it's like, Oh, yeah. it, it, shit's about to get good. And then you go to Chipotle and some, you know, some poor unfortunate girl comes back from her like break and <laughs> goes to put her hair back in a hair tie <laughs> and you get a half on and they're like man this guy's really excited about queso no that like that one still image of aoc pulling her hair up in like oh, a, in like a an instagram live thing oh, oh i've, seen, God, it, I've yeah. seen it reposted a hundred times i'm like all right cool what's funny though i didn't have long hair until a few years ago so i didn't know anything about like the i didn't know anything about the the hair ties and the upkeep and everything but the one thing you never know and this is like for, for the ladies listening, this is a little inside dude baseball. Um, you know, when you're done and you, you, you go to take a shower and there's like hair wrapped around your dick and you're like, how did that hair get wrapped around my dick? Yeah. That's every fucking day when you have long hair. There's always hair wrapped around my dick, man. Dude, my parents uh, are going to listen to this. <laughs> the only but, thing worse than long hair wrapped around your junk the because it makes sense like the with the like laws of physics right that um long hair will wrap it'll wrap itself around a thing is that um i have old pipes that okay let me rephrase that my house has old (laughs) pipes (laughs) I'm, i'm just a pile of old pipes in a trench coat that my house has old pipes so I have to put the little thing in the bottom of the shower drain to like catch hair. Yeah. To make sure that it doesn't clog the drain. And every time I take a shower, the fucking thing fills up so that it won't drain. And then when I go to clean it out, it's not human hair. It's all kinds of dog and cat hair. That's apparently just attached to my body until that it, I like, I don't notice. I don't, I'm not like, uh fucking what's his name pig pen i'm not like i don't walk around in a in a cloud of animal fur or i don't think that i do but then whenever i hit the shower it's like you're a filthy filthy man yeah i get freaked out a lot because both my dogs have white fur and i'm just constantly picking it off of me and being like all right here 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 it goes everything else is falling apart at 33 let's let's go ahead and turn white too the I just imagining you as the dad in Teen Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. The also the hair tie thing, dude. If if you like put your fucking 
long hair back in a fucking hair tie the next time i see you i'm gonna feel real weird dude i'm doing it absolutely as soon as i see you and i'm putting it up in a high pony none of this man <laughs> bun that i usually do i'm giving you a high pony how so i was just in athens ohio which is not as hot and wet as memphis how how do you walk around with that mess of hair the are, do you just fetishize your own discomfort you know i've brought it up to jessica about cutting it she really likes it and then i i like it honestly it just uh the thing is when you get you don't know this but when you get pretty fat you gotta keep a certain size to your head like <laughs> you can't shrink your head down because then everybody's gonna go whoa wait a minute it happened to me when I shaved my beard. I had the beard. It was like a 12-inch long beard. I shaved it, and I was like, fuck, I'm, I'm really fat, man. I didn't know that. <laughs> Shit. I thought I was wearing it well. I was, I was wearing it well with the beard. The beard was I, wearing it well. I, is it the reverse thing of, like, you shave your pubes to make your junk look bigger? And exactly. grow out your head pubes to make... <laughs> You make the rest of you look smaller. That's exactly bloated, right. Your bloated carcass. Look, the, right. the head yeah. pubes, they're so slimming. The, yeah. It's, but wow. it's like I, I, have, I have fucking like reverse body dysmorphia where I just spend <laughs> like long periods of time like, you know what? I'm doing all right. It's not so bad. And then I just like one Subway sandwich and I look in the mirror and it's like caused the bloat to move the stomach. I'm like, ah, it's over. It's over. My friend uh, Tim Kreider, who is a brilliant writer and used to be a brilliant cartoonist before that, he uh, he had a he had a comic that was just called uh, Manorexia, and it's just and it's it's a, a man in his fifties with his shirt off with like you know man boobs and love rungs, and I think he's wearing like a chain wallet with like cargo pants, and he's just <laughs> doing the finger guns at himself in the mirror, and he's like looking good, yeah. Exactly. And see, the, the problem the problem I have with all of this is that, like, all of my friends, you, Josh, JT, all my closest friends are, like, 10 years or more older than me. So I forget that I've got a little time to fix this. Because <laughs> like, I listen to you guys, and I'm like, oh, fuck, it's me too. It's all over. I'm like, I, I had at I, least a decade. I thought you were going the opposite direction with that, where you were like looking in the mirror and you were like, man, this is not bad for 50. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've got I've got two fake hips. So this is this is even rough for 50. <laughs> let's let's talk about that. I the <laughs> I forgot about that and then I remembered it today and I was like, man, what the you you got your hips replaced. Last yeah, year, last year, yeah, I got uh, first one done last August, and second one done last December. How does a young man with a full head of hair <laughs> have to get his fucking hips replaced at thirty-two? Well, okay. The issue is that sometimes dudes rock without knowing that you have some like genetic disorders <laughs> so here's the thing like you the well, the issue that i had is uh um, dude you don't have called, a genetic disorder because your mom is fucking fine 
trust me there's a lot of that's that's a that's a a very nice paint job on you know whatever hell my parents passed on to me and my me and my family um no i uh i have arthritic necropathy so basically the sockets that my hips were in just they started to kind of die and when they took the when they took the x-rays and everything it's just jagged so it was, I, I went from just thinking it started because when the pandemic started, I just started feeling pain in my hips, but I assumed it was because I was sitting at home. I was working from home and I was sitting at the kitchen table working. So I figured it was a, it was a bad chair issue and everything. So I tried like physical therapy. I was doing stretches. I did dry needling and stuff. Finally, I decided to see a real doctor and they were like, yeah, man, you should have come here a long time ago. You shit's <laughs> fucked. And, um, uh, yeah, so I started walking with a cane and had to get my hips replaced. But the answer to, to circle back is um, apparently you can drink your ass off um, if you have like kind of a if you have uh, kind of a genetic disposition to that thing. Alcohol really speeds it up. Uh, so most people, if you're not you know a douche, it doesn't catch up to you until you're like fifty or sixty. But if you, um, you know, if you're, if you're big piss like me, you, uh, <laughs> you know, it catches up to you at 32. I feel like I saw arthritic necropathy open for uh, cattle decapitation. Yes, I straight up have talked about starting a gore, gore grind band called arthritic necropathy. The, it's, I was thinking about this, too, about you drinking your ass off. And you're actually one of like three or four people that I know who was the yeah who's done that yeah the no um, shit you couldn't yeah, have I, warned a dude I you couldn't have I, mentioned I, the hips I need a better friend group <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, like I, holler at your boy maybe five years ago and been like hey I saw a guy that couldn't walk and you know what I would have done I would have <laughs> stopped drinking cold turkey immediately <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Yes, because that's usually how <laughs> that's it goes. exactly the, how it works. You get negative feedback from the world. Uh, you get, you know, admonished about your uh, your dumb suicidal habits. And then the first time that somebody's like, you should knock that off. You're like, hell yeah, brother. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly what I would have thought. Um, how are those hips of yours now? <laughs> those soft, they're wonderful. supple hips. You know, they're, uh, they're girlish. They're... Um, <laughs> What's funny is I gained an inch of height. Unfortunately, not the yeah. Your dick's an inch taller. Go. My dick's an inch <laughs> taller. No, um, I'm six foot even now. I've never been six foot a day in my life. I'm taller than my dad now. It's really weird <laughs> the way did, they. I because I, I guess like, they were compressing over time. Did you like slip him two hundred bucks and be like, "Yo, I bet you can make me taller than my dad." I should have. Fuck. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I'm, my hips are, I'm, I'm feeling great now. I'm back, I'm back in the gym. I'm back exercising, you know, I still get tight and everything, but it's only been like six or seven months. So, you know, it is what it is, but, uh, yeah, no, I'm feeling a lot better. I shit my pants on ketamine the first surgery. I figure that's probably, uh, that's yeah, probably, let's, let's just plunge right into that because your that's, that is, that's very much the, that is very much uh, a line yeah, drive theme. through the center of my interests. <laughs> yeah, no, they um, they gave me ketamine like to put me out. What, and I woke uh, up in a fucking K hole. 
the a K hole full of do- full of poo. K hole full <laughs> of dupe. Yeah, no. So I they I wake up and I full blown can't move and don't really understand what's going on in the moment because drugged up and like suddenly it dawns on me i'm like i know what this is i'm gonna be able to move my feet here in just a minute just just calm down don't panic and um yeah no we we uh i'm sitting there and they told me like you know wait don't try to piss before you have to never know something could happen and and finally (laughs) and i've and and i've got pretty nurses young pretty nurses next to my wife you know they're like (laughs) taking care of me and stuff and I, uh, I get up and pee and they're like, this is great. You're awesome. I'm on the walker. I get back into the bed. Cause you can, I walked out of the hospital. I had to use a walker, but they didn't even have to wheel me out. But I, uh, I kept, cause it was, it was like adjoining rooms and I kept smelling something and there was an old guy in the other room and I was like, oh man, that guy shit his pants. That's terrible. I feel bad for that dude. And like get in the car, Jessica's taking me home. First time she ever let me smoke a cigarette in her car. And she uh, probably just wanted to cover up the smell of the feces. Probably in retrospect. So get home. They, you know, she gets me in bed. My dad came over to like help move me into the bed and everything. And I lay down and I still smell it. And I, man, hand in my pants because I'm so high. I was just like, that's how I'm going to figure this out. <laughs> and I just, and I just, I shouted. I was just like, baby, I'm in trouble. <laughs> oh, God. She's like, what happened? Did you fall? And I was like, I ah, shit. But God, God bless. That's, I will say one thing, one good thing for, for going through surgeries early is if you can get your wife to, to clean you up when you're in your thirties, <laughs> you're, you're pretty much set. Poor Jess. We, Poor God, woman. we need to fucking do something really nice for her. It's her I, fault though. She married this. I did. I married a cool lady. <laughs> She married me. That's yeah. kind of on her. Yeah, the I just just is great. The she's she, the greatest woman on she, the face of the planet. I, I, I give you permission to keep that long hippie hair of yours. The if if Jess likes it, the, it know, makes her happy. Yeah, I, I can't. What am I gonna? Yeah, I'm gonna kick a puppy if I make her sad in the least way. So what was your? Uh, I mean, what was your take on ketamine? Um. Well. I would definitely prefer to do it when they are not cutting my leg open by about eight <laughs> inches and then that like ripping like a, shit dude, out and that, replacing that, it. That does not sound like the, the best drug. The, I mean, if they give you meth, I guess it would be worse. But like, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I would take it over like DMT. But <laughs> but yeah, no, it uh, no, it was pretty. It was pretty classic. You know, it kind of reminded me of Robo tripping in high school. That uh, that yeah, kind of yeah. dull. Um, that kind of cold blanket of a high you feel like you're in some sort of dark cube i don't know if i'm describing that right but that's uh that's the only way i know it um it definitely disappears you from your current life very effectively and i think that's one of the things that um made me seek a home in it when i was so unhappy in my real life you know yeah it just um it got me out of there um incredibly well yeah i don't um, send a i don't send a lot of uh hey are you okay buddy texts but <laughs> sometimes sometimes you gotta check on your okay friend <laughs> yeah the i man i feel like i'm okay now i feel like you seem like, like it i feel like i'm better yeah the i you know at this point it's been 
I feel like I've had, oh God, I feel like I've had a good summer. I feel like I've, like I, you know, your mental state sort of comes and goes the, and, or it, your mental state ebbs and flows throughout the day, the week, your life, whatever the, um, but by and large, like every day for two months now, two and a half months, maybe I've been okay. I'm you glad, know, man. You know, like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to like blow up your spot on a podcast or anything, but like, you know, I love you so much. And yeah, you, you, I get worried about my boy and, and you had a few, you had a few rough years and I'm just glad that you're, I'm, I'm glad to see you having a good summer. man. It's man. It's weird because it, it, it was so weird because I knew I was going through it and I yeah. knew that I wasn't doing okay. And um, it's sort of like the, it's like the movie It, you know, where they're like, oh, we vanquished this thing when we were kids. And then it comes back when they're adults. And the, um, and there's the one guy, is it Stanley who just kills himself immediately? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, no, Stanley. I, I, <laughs> I never understood the metaphor in that book, but yeah, no, you're exactly right. The... And when that sort of acute misery comes back for you when you're an adult, the I think I think we imagine ourselves to be soft when we're teenagers or whatever. And then um, when you get older, you think that maybe if you're not harder, that like you're smarter or that you figured shit out or whatever. And it's t- it's totally not true at all. No, uh, I was I was considerably more resilient as a teenager. I mean, yeah. I, I have um, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I like regularly crack but um you know you, you you bounce back you know you're 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 like it's like how they tell you you drop a baby it'll be fine you know they're bouncy <laughs> like that's kind of the way a teenager is with with well see and i say that and then i'm like eh, that's rough years <laughs> i i feel like a lot of the shit that we went through when we were teenagers um, it took a long time to, it's like those bills took a long time to come due, you know, yeah. that like bad shit would happen and you'd go out and get fucking blasted. And then the next week was the next week. And right. then, and, and then it's only 10, 15, 20 years later where you're like, Oh, that shit broke something in my head. Right. <laughs> that yeah. has stayed broken since then, you know, and then now, now I need to deal with it or whatever. This is this is just like a classic us phone call. I'm I'm, I know, I'm having I know. a I'm, I'm like yeah shit uh yeah that's that's dead on <laughs> yes that is um, that's I, rough and I true. Was, I was thinking so the I, we passed the we did 26 episodes. I say we the royal we we here at Michigan Shibali HQ <laughs> the I did uh, well me and. Uh, my buddy Colin, who does the editing and the graphics and stuff, the um, we've done 26 episodes, which is half a year. And the and I was like, man, it, it hasn't it hasn't fucking boosted my Kickstarter. It hasn't sold books. It hasn't sold T-shirts. I haven't gotten shows out of it. The um, like I did it for six months. I always, I always said, fuck podcasting. I always said I was never going to do it. The, I did it for six months. You know, the, maybe it's like a relationship thing. If you, if you do it for six months and you're like, Oh baby, we tried, you know, then, right. then you can just hang it up. But the, 
it's still worth it for me. It's still like rewarding for me if no other reason than like I had, I talked to Josh for an hour and change yesterday. Yeah, I actually, I'm about, I was about 50 minutes into it when I, uh, when I turned it off to, to do this. The, oh, I was going to say, don't listen to it because we definitely don't talk shit about you at all. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, not, not the least bit. <laughs> the, it's not the entire <laughs> podcast devoted to fucking roasting you. The, uh, um, but one of the things that this do, you know forces me to do is to sort of sit down and record conversation and first of all have conversations with my friends and then record the conversations with my friends and then uh, listen back to them, hear them again, um, experiencing, you know, experience them again, think about them, analyze it, evaluate it. How did we become friends? Why did we become friends? Right. And it's, it's, there's gotten to be like a real weird sort of like broken flowers vibe to it where, (laughs) and maybe that's just me being negative because that's what I do best. That's what you do, which I was going to say, like that was, that was one of the big, the big sticking points uh, while I was listening to your episode with Josh, where you were like, well, you, you think you're this terrible person. You're like the best guy. And I'm like, Mishka mirror, please say this out loud to yourself. You're a, you're a, you're a doll. And this, and this is a, this is an extension of that, you know? This is a helpful thing you do. Every everything you do is pretty helpful. I mean, not in your personal life, but professionally, <laughs> everything you do is 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 pretty helpful to the listener or the reader. <laughs> that was a big not walk. Suck your dick. That was a big walk back right there. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, <laughs> oh lord, the yeah, I I don't know, man. The I'm not I'm not doing it to help other people. The, I know you're not, but you but you do. The I hope it's helpful for people. I, I think I'm just really good at getting lost and being lost and then reporting about the experience of being lost. The yeah. and the you know, that's one of the things that seems to be so universal is that you know none of us know what we're fucking doing. You know, in no. the um like fucking Ron DeSantis, he thinks he knows what he's doing. <laughs> the that's what you, you want us to have confidence, and then we, we have confidence, and that's what men do with confidence is they, you know, they, it's we it's it's better for us just to all think that we're terrible people so that we don't become them. Um, yeah, to an extent, you got to give yourself a little leeway, and I, tr- I I say that as a guy that doesn't often, but I try to give myself a little leeway. Um, it's hard to, it's hard to listen to people. It's, it's easy to listen to people when they think you suck. It's hard when someone's telling you, you do this well, you, you seem to have this together. Um, yeah, it's hard to not just let that water off a raincoat. One, one of the things that is, has been actually really great where it, it's like, a good thing that I can't deny, even when I'm at my, you know, my sort of worst, most, um, most self-hating is that, um, my little soft boiled egg of a cat and my, my dog, those little bitches are happy every fucking day of their lives. They lead perfect lives. They are so happy all the time. Um, and, 
to look at them and to observe that and and to be unable to deny it um i'm like well i did that thing you know and then from there then it's it gets easier to see other positive things yeah no i i feel the same way about about my dogs um yeah you know more more of the first dog because she we found her out on the street and she was a she was an old bait dog and god oh. bless her she was just beat to shit um did you ever meet natty i, I don't think i don't I, know if you did i know it, her like i know the you know somebody's grandma or something like that where i've right. heard so many stories about her that I, you know if you tell me that i met her then i'll i'll, I'll remember it like right. I mean, my brain is that soft now the <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't think you were. I don't think you were crashing at our place at that time. Yeah. But yeah, she. Um, yeah, I definitely. You know, I felt that I was like, God, this dog had a shit life, and I was able to give it a really good one. Um, and it felt real good. And then the current two dogs are assholes that I bought off a lesbian couple at the park. You <laughs> know, which I'm glad. Poor, I'm glad. I get, I, I'm glad I get to have a wonderful time with them. They're they're great. They're great animals. They're sweet as can be. I love them. But could could you sit? I, 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 I paid a lot of money to try to make y'all sit and you don't sit. The, uh, I love that they listen to me when I come. Yeah. To house. They listen to tall people. They listen to you and Chris Pierce. It's you and Chris Pierce are the two people. I've never seen anybody else control those dogs like you did. So fucking funny. Yeah. When Chris Pierce has stayed over here, like he, Though uh, Claire ate two different sausage and cheese trays that he brought over. He spent like (laughs) $40 on sausage and cheese trays and brought them over. And uh, we just kept going inside and he kept leaving them out. (laughs) By God, she ate all of them. And his response was Claire rocks. So, (laughs) you know, which she unequivocally does. That's that's what Pierce would have done. The... um we can go through this entire podcast just talking about the your grilling habits and stuff, but I the I feel let's get sad. Well, I feel I feel morally obligated to to talk about your writing, to talk about your music, to talk about the band because sure. the you and you know you and Josh have gone from people who I feared were like the I just when I met Josh, he was so. Um, he was so accommodating that I just thought he was like some fucking glad hander. You'd and think uh, he's th- that nice of a guy. Yeah. It, and, and that's, I mean, that says something about me is that whenever I meet somebody who's actually, who's genuinely kind, I'm like, this is fake. No, I get and it. the, and then I just assumed that you were going to be some hideous punisher because you were a fan and <laughs> the, and I was wrong on both counts as I'm always wrong, but the, but hey, I am, I made I, it, I made it till the second date we did before I admitted being a gigantic fan. Thank you very much. Well, d- I Josh, made it a whole 48 hours. Josh fucking spilled the beans. The, of course he uh, did. Immediately the, um, <laughs> but, uh, but now I'm a fan of yours, man. I mean, you, uh, you, you really, you just have such a fantastic voice and as the recordings get better and better, the your voice like really shines and the your lyrics are just you know i mean you guys are one of the bands that i played for you know for my buddy rad where i was like you know i i want you to hear good bands writing good emotionally complex catchy songs 
you know, and the heel songs have all that um, despair, frustration, rage, powerlessness, and then also just the, the sort of like that, like dumb white trash, like we're going to live forever, th- you know, thing. Right. Or like, you know, maybe we'll make it, you know, the, which, you know, that like, it's like you've tried to starve hope out of your body and sadly failed. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> thank you. Um, no, that, that, um, that pretty much, yeah, I mean, yeah, my, my writing has been, cause I started writing really young and I didn't, um, I didn't have those like precocious years of being really young and writing really well. My, my shit sucked for a long, long time until I kind of just figured out what I wanted to say. Um, it takes, sometimes it takes a long time to figure out who you are. Yeah. And it's, that's, that's the best way to put it. Like not exactly what I want to say. Cause I, I don't even know what I want to say. I don't know what, you know, what I'm really getting at with most things. It's more just like, you know, I, I I'm, I'm a guy dealing with modernity the way everyone else is. And I would, I really hope maybe somebody hears this and they're like, Oh yeah, that, yeah, I, I understand that completely. I'm not alone. You know, the it's, it's funny, man, that that's really what it comes down to is sort of like at a molecular level of just not feeling alone in this world. You know, the, um, what, you know, when I, when I think about Lanigan's music, that was one of the things that that did for me, you know, was, um, it was comforting to me because I knew that I wasn't alone in in sort of, you know, suffering and the, and it always seems so bizarre to me when people say like, Oh, your music got me through this year or whatever. Cause I'm like, maybe you should, you never believe it. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe you should have done antidepressants since then. Just the, (laughs) you know, fucking melodic depressant, but yeah, but it does the opposite the opposite and the um people fucking love you guys man the it's been uh in fact i love you less now because <laughs> i was like oh man y'all gotta hear this band heels and everybody's like oh i i like heels more <laughs> <laughs> i thought you were going the heels hipster route you you knew we were you knew we were cool no um i didn't know that, you were fu- cool and from fuck that, off from no one's ever said that the that, that I I I can think of like three. One woman I will not fucking mention her name on this podcast because she always makes a big point about how she's not going to listen to my podcast. So the you're not listening, so I'm not saying your name. So fuck you. The um, <laughs> she definitely likes heels uh, more than my music. The I think uh, Nick Zachariah too has gone over from uh, from being one of my fans to being one of your fans. I love Nick. The, what a what a what a just a just a just a little little thing little what, thing what a heel song of a man <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly. man that is a very specific slur wow yeah. the, God, like, i'll never i'll never in my life forget him trying to get into the green room at i, I think it was altercation and uh jake flores went and there were no cups left so he poured a bunch of whiskey in a bowl and brought it outside for dude, nick i and nick Nick just he lapped it up like a kitten. It was adorable. I think I have video of that. If you do, please text it to me. The I do have I have video too of the 
Who was the guy, uh, late 80s, early 90s, um, sitcom Family Matters with, uh, I think it was like Steve Urkel, but the dad. Paul Winslow. The, okay, yeah. Um, it, uh, I have, I think I have a video of Jake Flores doing lines off a, a signed picture of Carl Winslow. <laughs> That's fucking incredible. I love is, Jake. Hey, Jake, if you listen, what's up? It's, I very, love you. it's very niche. It's the, but yeah, it, I, I have some good shit on my phone. The, um, what, what foolishness compelled you to, to start writing rock songs, to start playing music? Um, I, I always wanted to, and never had the, uh, never had the gall really. I, I just kind of thought if I would you, just play some If you guitar. always, if you always wanted to write songs, then maybe, yeah, maybe your family is genetically inferior. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, uh, no, I had a, uh, I had a bit of an old, uh, nervous breakdown when I was, a uh, when I was a teenager and it, uh, kind of just felt like something I should give a try. I knew how to play the guitar. I always liked playing the guitar. I'd always, you know, try to come up with things in my head, but I never, I, I was just always kind of a little bitch about it. And I, uh, just, just started kind of trying. It helps that, uh, I had a buddy in high school who it was, it was weird you know, fate that he got me turned on to Daniel Johnston right before a head full of acid threw me into a mental breakdown and about eight years of near constant daily panic attacks. (laughs) So that was kind of uh, a good, a good guy to learn about right around then. And uh, he was a huge inspiration for me, you know, as a guy that had an acoustic guitar and a tape recorder and, nothing else to do because I dropped out of high school. The, um, when Bukowski had a, I don't know if it was, a, I don't know if it was like, a, if it was a mental breakdown or a physical breakdown, but he was hospitalized. Um, yeah. and they told, and he was very sick and they told him, you know, if you ever drink again, you'll die. And yeah. the, I think he was in the hospital for three or four days. And the, after that episode, uh, that's when he started writing poetry. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I should. So, I have a fucking Bukowski tattoo. I should probably know that, but I don't. It's funny. I, I shit on Bukowski all the time. And I was uh, about to say the, the resident Bukowski hater of the group chat. Bringing <laughs> him up. I fucking know more about him than you and JT put together. <laughs> I just like, re- I, that's the thing. I, I, I'm a Kanye fan. I'm a Bukowski fan. I separate people from things that I like. <laughs> I just want to read his books. I like his poems. I, you know, somebody showed me a video of him kicking a lady when I was 18 and I didn't like that. So I didn't watch the video again. I, Oh God, I remember I, that. The- yeah. I'm, I'm super against kicking ladies. I just want to go on the <laughs> record about that. The Brennan Whalen's hot takes. Don't kick ladies. <laughs> don't yeah, don't kick ladies. It's fucking rude. The um so Daniel Johnston was sort of your gateway drug into songwriting? Yeah, into songwriting. And and from there I kind of realized, you know, oh, I have lots of influences that I can, you know, and and most of my influences the uh, vast majority of people would think we're pretty cringe, but I, uh, but you know, 
I like Everclear. I love the band Everclear. I went and saw them uh, oh, man. like a it... month ago for my dad's birthday. One of the, I mean, I've seen them so many times. Please tell me that when the show was coming up, you reached out to your dad and you were like, father of mine. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> would you, you like think... to go see Everclear? <laughs> my parents, my parents took us to the, the first Everclear concert I ever went to was in 2000 at the uh, pyramid. That's currently a Bass Pro Shop. And, um, I've seen them 20-ish times since then. I mean, my parents used to take us out of town to see them and everything. And um, I I love nothing better than being a grown man with a great relationship with his father. Just singing <laughs> that song live directly into his face while we're both just plastered. <laughs> He's just crying laughing. That <laughs> That feels so cruel. <laughs> yeah. Daddy gave me a name that he should have walked away. Shouts out, Pat. I love you, Daddy. The I I like your dad. I feel like we're friends, but every time I tweet something about my dick, he likes it and it makes me feel real uncomfortable. My dad loves you. Because it's fucking funny. Like he thinks you're funny. I I yeah, he knew he knew about you before we were friends. Wow. The I'm, yeah, I, I'm no, so I played, sorry. I'm so sorry for that. No, like you don't. Yeah, I played him. Don't cut your hair like a decade ago. Jesus Christ. That song is like 20 years old, 20 years old. Jesus. Yeah. The yeah, I'm getting getting real old over here. The, I feel weird that I've been in a band for eight years. Yeah. The well, <laughs> that, that is weird. The um, tell me about the new record. Yeah, yeah, it's um, dude. I the when I did the podcast with Josh yesterday, I forgot that I fucking. I was like, why? How come you guys didn't hit me up to play bass on it? And he was like, dude, you sang on it. Yeah, like, you sang on on Fontanelles, and we have a, a clip of you just talking as an intro for another song. Oh no! Do you remember recording that? I I mean, between my ketamine summer and the and then the sort of COVID brain mush, the. Yeah, that I don't know who you are, man. (laughs) That was kind of that was kind of smack dab in the middle. I think you recorded that like September of last year. Okay, yeah, that's one thing. Yeah, starting to get real hairy. Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm really happy with the record. It's called Pop Songs for Dying Planet. Um, it's uh, it's it's some older songs that we had released on EPs that uh never got like a good production on them, uh, and then like five or six songs that have been written that were written in the year ish uh before then and it's uh it's it's different from the last one i'm I'm feeling really good about it it's a it's a genuine i i feel like it's a genuine like pop rock record that i do have you know there, there's a lot of screaming and a lot of silliness on it but I, i'm i'm really excited about it i think people might like it See, I, I I never thought that your early records sounded bad until you made new records that sounded oh dude. good, and then Don't I went back and, listened, and, started. and I was like, oh man, the all right. The, I mean, this is the thing: the songs are catchy enough, and the performances are good enough that when you're listening to it, it doesn't sound like. Uh, poor quality record or whatever yeah if you don't have something to compare it to yeah it's just when you compare it to the new records then you're like oh my god the songwriting and the performances are still fucking on point but it's like somebody wiped um all the vaseline off the recording you know right 
Yeah, no, we we definitely had a discussion. I probably should mention it to Josh again, but I think we're probably going to take down like the first couple of EPs off of the main streaming and purchasing sites and then just keep them on Bandcamp. If anyone really wants them and, you know, you already bought them, you can yeah, listen yeah. to them on Bandcamp. But yeah, no, I'm I'm really I'm really happy with the with the the recording of the new ones. Um except I had to play bass on them cuz we couldn't fly you out. <laughs> But you're on the next one. Well, I mean, you're going to be in heels at some point. Like at some point, it's going to be a trio with you. I don't see that really going any other way. It, it could take 20 years. Yeah. the We keep saying like, all right, well, the next one for sure. And then Josh gets me the fucking demos two weeks before you guys are supposed to record. And I'm like, motherfucker. The... <laughs> well, we weren't flying you out with, I mean, the precautions we've been taking for Gideon. Yeah. You know. That's the other thing is that it was just, Yeah. Right. You just can't, you know, that that's the thing. Like you can't be too careful. And that's, you know, it's funny. Josh is like, I'm sorry. We have to do all this shit. And I'm like, I fucking love Gideon. Fuck off, dude. You don't have to tell me. Sorry. I'm, I'm stoked to make sure the kid's cool. Yeah. That's my boy. The, um, did you guys end up in, or, well, let me say this, the, I mean, I said this to you in text, but the, uh, dread, Sounds so fucking good. It reminds me of like rum sodomy in the lash era pogues, which that is the kind of thing that the world to me. It's the kind and and you guys are not a, you don't have a fucking bagpipe in the band or you know whatever the, <laughs> the, you know all the, all those fucking stupid bullshit Boston ska fuck you that you don't you're, you don't sound like the pogues you never will you don't, I lost you don't, you my don't, leg the you don't have a fucking ounce of that shit in you the but you guys do the um and and i think it's because there's um you weren't trying to sound like the pogues you were just trying to write a good song and you were like going through some shit and the and that's what shane mccallan was doing you know and yeah but it's um dread is uh it's tough it's sad it's catchy the um you know i was listening to it uh today before I forgot we were doing this and the <laughs> and I well I was saying it gave me chills everything gives me chills right now but the but that song also did you know the thanks man no I um funny enough I like I wrote a song where the crux of it was wishing a world ending um cataclysm to hit the earth and I I wrote that in like November 2019 <sighs> So uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, but, it, it, there's definitely parts of it where I was like, "Man, this is getting real." Eight Chan, the funny that one I'm, day I'm a, a rain will come and wash all the <laughs> <laughs> wash all the scum off the streets. You know. The, well, see, I was a I was a mid two thousands four Chan kid back when we used to just like fuck with the church of Scientology and not like get people elected president. Uh, I, it was fun back then. Yeah. I'm just on the TV board. The, um, the, the Dylan cover that you guys did for that project, that didn't wind up on the record. Did it? It didn't wind up on the record. We, um, we thought about it and then we, uh, just the, the amount of red tape, you have to go through. I don't know. Yeah. I it, who knows? True. It could be a lot less than I imagine, but I was kind of like, ah, fuck it. You know, we'll just the, put it out for free. 
maybe maybe we'll play that song at the end of uh, at the end of this episode. The, a word because the you guys really well. Uh, I, I got to tell the whole story. The so I, I know this dude Chris lives out in Santa Cruz. He booked me for a minute. Great dude. The um, I love the guy not just because I keep selling him guitars. The um, <laughs> but this is. This is a, an accurate window into like what my life is like now is that, um, you know, I met Chris because he was a fan and then um, he he texted me and he was like, hey, man, uh, I know, you know, heels, you know, maybe you could ask them or, you know, the and he was like, really? <laughs> yeah, he was real fucking like, timid about it. like, you know, do you think it would be cool if like the. And I was like, I'm just f- learning that. For the I was time. like, fuck you, man. The, those motherfuckers will do anything I tell them to do. The, I, how, how I want to argue with that, but it's true. How dare you like tip to, oh, I want to approach the celebrities in heels, you know, fucking. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the, the office worker and the sandwich maker over in Memphis, Tennessee. <laughs> the rub a dub dub, two men in a tub. <laughs> the um but yeah so he hit me up and he was like oh you know do you think you know do you think heels would maybe be game for this or like you know i I don't know what you know and he was real timid about it and i was like man fuck those fuck all y'all you know the and and you know that's how that um happened is is that he was a fan you know and the um i had a cassette of um what was it? The basement sessions yeah. that had uh, Mama on my mind on it when I was sixteen, seventeen, and just like getting shit faced and passing out in cornfields, and like the um, and that was a song that always uh, just fucking tore me up. Yeah, and I was I was talking about this with uh, Lou Poster the other day, who I had on couple podcasts ago he is um he has a song called the ballad the ballad of frank hayes about a horse trainer who dies in the saddle and there's one line you know where uh lou says uh he looked to the stands for his mother and he was like oh you know i i don't even know if his mother was still alive at that time and the way that i always heard that line was that um you know it was like the fucking end of braveheart where he sees his wife walking through the crowd you know that um when he looked to the stands for his mother, that was, that was death. And yeah. then we got sort of thinking about it and talking about it. And the, when, when men are scared, they cry out when, when they're scared or in pain, they yeah. cry out for God. And if you don't believe in God, you cry out for your mom. And I do both. <laughs> I, I believe I, in God and I really love my mama. <laughs> Mom God, I summon thee. <laughs> the, it's just it's just Cthulhu in, a, in one of those like uh, 50s, the many tentacled mother. 50s June Cleaver dress. The, <laughs> you're like Cthulhu. She's like, I made you some brownies. <laughs> the um oh. but um <clears throat> And we don't have to go uh, too deep into this, but Man, get, li- listening it. listening to that song and your cover of that song after you lost your sister yeah. and just knowing that 
you were in tremendous pain about that and that your whole family was and that I didn't know your sister. Like, I don't don't think, you know, I think you have a lot of friends who didn't know your sister, but, but we were just grieving her knowing how much that loss destroyed you and hurt you and then there's a weird kind of magic that happens with covering a song i know this from covering heel songs and just about crying while i was seeing them (laughs) is that the when it's not your own song you're less self-conscious so it's sort of like the emotion in a song emotion creeps into a song that maybe wasn't there before emotion or meaning and the um the way you performed mama you've been on my mind i've listened to that song like your cover of it like four times because it makes me cry every time because you know you just you nailed it there you got at loss and grief and you know and and like the terror that we feel of just like man fucking where do i go from here yeah yeah no i um yeah, that was the first thing we recorded um, after Abby passed, and it, you know, it's it's weird because I, I, I've lost a lot of people. Like, you know, um, I graduated in '07, so like, you know, heroin and shit ripped up my my whole fucking graduating class. Like everybody I knew. Like I, I, I lost a lot of people really young, but, and you think like, you think that steals you and then you realize it didn't what so fucking effort, you know? Um, you know, I, we're coming up on October is going to be two years and I'm, I'm a happy, I'm a relatively happy person. I, I, I'm, uh, I've got a, you know, I've got a mean streak a little bit. I can be a bit of a fucking asshole, but I, uh, I'm generally a happy person, but at the same time, like, you know, I'd be lying if I didn't say like, you know, that's a big pit of misery, you know, that, that hasn't gone away yet. And I know it gets, it gets softer over time. I assume that's what everybody tells me, you know, over time it's going to get, um, softer, but that like, you know, even the things that, even the things that I write that aren't about that. I mean, I've got one song, um, about Abby on the new record called up the lights. Um, my poor, my poor little brother, (laughs) I I keep, he shows up. He, he always shows up to shows like right when I'm about to start and I don't have a chance to be like, Hey, song four, like go to the bar, get a drink. Like don't listen to this song. And he, uh, he, he, he walked out a couple times. I, I, I love shouts out to Bruce, but no, I, um, yeah, it's weird. I've never, um, I've been kind of trying to navigate that for the past few years in um, different ways. And it's been really interesting trying to navigate that with also um, as surprising as it probably sounds because you can probably hear me like opening beers, but like, I don't, um, I, I haven't been drinking as much in the past uh, few months as I have for the past. Uh, how old am I? Uh, 
16 years. Um, mostly because of uh, health stuff and everything, but also because I realized the, the amount of coping that I was doing, um, you know, it's a party until it ain't. And I realized it wasn't a party there for, for a little bit. Um, but it's, it, you know, I don't know. I, I'm sorry. I hate to, to ramble, but it's one of those things where I can't, I can't, I can't put my finger on it. Yeah. When I, when I start to talk about it, I don't, really know how to describe it and i don't think anybody does it's dude, you know dude, we can talk about it as long as you want we can talk about this for the rest of our lives there's no statute of limitations yeah. on on grief like that man yeah no and um you know i um hey you know i i so my my sister was uh my middle sister um i've got it's me my sister, Abby, and my little brother, Brooks. And we dealt with, you know, you know, kid shit. And then kid shit evolves into adult kid shit where you're, you're still being assholes to each other, you know. But the last few years had really gotten, um, you know, really great. And that, I, you know, it's almost like I wish, it's almost like I wish she had been more of a bitch the last few years. <laughs> I, I wish it would have been like, Oh, well, fuck her. She was an asshole. But no, I, and yeah. not that I ever, not that I ever, you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, um, it's just weird constantly reaching for your phone two years on to text them because like something happened in wrestling or like you can't remember mom's birthday. <laughs> you know, and you go to, you go to text your sister and you're like, she's been dead and um i spent a good little while actually uh you know for the first probably year i would just text your phone number you know long long texts um oh man and it helped i guess <laughs> i don't know <laughs> yeah. at least it wasn't at least it wasn't facebook posts which i did also <laughs> But then I realized I was like, nobody deserves to have to fucking find this on their feed. Good <laughs> Lord. The old, and I don't even use Facebook. I was just like, well, this is where Abby would read it. It would be on Facebook. And then I was like, you know, my aunts don't want to fucking read this shit. <laughs> Let them have a nice evening. It's mm, people always talk about, um, grief and heartbreak and stuff like that. And like, Oh, you know what? You finally got closure. And it's like, you know, <laughs> closure is a white myth The yeah. it's just the, um, you know, it's like you keep getting farther away from a thing, but you, but it never leaves your field of vision or the, right. um, it, you know, it's like tinnitus, you know, the, the volume goes down, but it's it, like, it's, it's still there. there. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, Man, I'm really coming through with the like inspirational uh, cheering you, <laughs> Brennan. The pain you feel now, you will feel forever, my friend. <laughs> that... No, for the record, for the listeners, Mishka usually is a lot more upbeat when we're talking about this. <laughs> we've had we've had some conversations. By God, I have I have wrestled him away from a from a young lady to cry in a backyard <laughs> over it. <laughs> the I oh you're a real one for that by the way I I remember 
being you can tell that story if you want. <laughs> oh no, we I already told that one. That's on Did last you week's really? yeah. yeah, no, we fucking oh, outed no, you a Josh? long time. Yeah, no, we outed you a long time ago. That's why I was like, I gotta get you on the podcast today. So hopefully I can get oh, Brennan done so before good. he figures out that you know Josh and I already fucking told that oh, story that's about so him. good. Yeah. No, I was sitting in my I was sitting in the kitchen. Y'all had already gone to bed. I was sitting in the kitchen with Jess and I just started welling up. And I was like, I want to talk to Mishka. <laughs> Jess, <laughs> and Jess looked at me and goes, he's sleeping in your bed, honey. Just go in there and say something to him. And I was like, that is my bed. I'm going to get that motherfucker outside. And by God, he's going to watch me do shots. And he's going to hug me while I cry. You're a, you're a real one for that. I, I'll, I, you know, that's, there's, um, you never forget who, uh, you, you never forget who who was who was there, you know, when you needed them the most. And uh, you're you're one of those people. I, I really I really appreciate that. You know, I. Uh, it, it, Brennan, it's it. You know, it's been so challenging, like the last couple of years. You know, and and you know, Josh and JT and I talked about this a little bit too. Is that like the, um, how do you? It's like all four of us are in fucking quicksand. Like, how do you help your buddy get out when you're, when you're fucking drowning too, you know? And I, I remember the, um, the, I've got the answer to that. It's four man group text. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess so. by it's God, the, by God, the, the I, y'all, you know, yeah. Y'all are my three best friends and sure shit. I feel like we've all, uh, we've, we've had a, we've had a long couple of years. I, I, I remember being real, real fucking worried about you because the because even when shit was going good, you and I would get on the phone sometimes, and I was I would just be like, All right, but Brennan, you're fucking too drunk, dude. I, I'll right. talk to you later. The yeah, and the um, you know, because you've been going hard at it for a while. The yeah. and um, and then when COVID hit, I was like, uh oh. And then when you lost Abby, I was like, oh man, this is, you know, this is really going to fucking spin out of control. And then we were on the phone one night and I was bitching and complaining to you about for like maybe 40 minutes without drawing a breath about my situation. And then finally, at, at like towards the end of it, I realized like what I was that I was just monologuing to my friend who's like fucking balls deep in the worst grief of his life. And the, and I was like, Oh God, Brennan, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry, man. Like this whole conversation, I've all I've been doing is just thinking about myself and just bitching about myself and like all the shit that's going on in my life. And like the, I, and you're going through something way worse. And you were like, bro, are, are you kidding The you're like, this phone call has cheered me up more than anything else. Because like, when I hear like what your situation is, Yes. I'm like, thank God, it's just that my sister's dead. And oh yeah, and it was no, there the- was there was a yeah, no, that's <laughs> the thing. Like you allude to the ketamine summer, and I, you know, I don't know, I, I, I don't know how much exactly you've gone into that with a lot of people, but by God, some of it, I was like, fuck, I'll take a dead sister over some of this shit. Good <laughs> lord, man. You, and- you need a you need a spa day. And dude, when you went like. It's so fucked up. It's such a fucked up thing to say. And when I got off the phone with you that night, I was like, I think Brennan's going to fucking make it through this. <laughs> Cause you know, the, <laughs> I don't know. It showed that like, 
the worst possible, you know, the unthinkable had happened, the worst possible thing. And you were still you, you know, that that couldn't, um, that still couldn't stop you um, from making the the worst, most thoughtless, (laughs) hideous (laughs) jokes. Just a horrible, oh man, no, you want to know this? um, I think I told you this. No, I don't think I told you this. The day... Okay, so my sister died in October. If you want to know, like, how I deal with shit. My sister died in October. So my whole... My parents' whole neighborhood is decked out for Halloween. So I get a, I get a phone call at, like, fucking 6.30 in the morning. Screaming mother. Rush over. What's happening? It's happening. And... Um, the, the only moment of reprieve I got in like the first six hours was me and my little brother are out in the front yard and they're wheeling away my baby sister. And it, you know, I, I had, I had no words for that. Yeah. And I look across the street and our neighbors across the street have a Halloween decoration that is two skeletons holding a coffin in between them. As I'm watching two oh, police officers, <laughs> it was my sister on a gurney, and I look over at my brother, and I just go, "Hey, you think we should ask them to take that down?" Oh, no. And he he just looked at me, and he was just like, "God fucking damn it, man! Probably, yeah, probably." We should. And we didn't. By God, that thing stu- stayed up. And they put it up every year. And I've never mentioned it to them. The, were you just like, do you try to like direct your mom away? Like, mom, look over there, a squirrel. Like, try to like distract oh, no, that's the her thing. from. No, I had to I had to fucking hide the sign in the backyard that said haunted house. I mean, this is like October's the worst time for someone to die in your house. Because everything. Oh, yeah. God. I, n- I never yeah. even thought about that. Yeah, Halloween decorations. Because my parents live in a in a neighborhood that's you know it's it's all kids and stuff. So that Halloween decorations are everywhere, and um, you forget that it's macabre until <laughs> the hearse is in your fucking driveway. Wow, there yeah. was a uh, there was a hearse for sale here a while ago, and I I thought long and hard about buying it. And, you, and then uh, you remembered you don't listen to rockabilly. Exactly. Bingo. <laughs> that was it. That was it. I was like the some fucking Reverend Horton Heat fan is going to come yep. up to me and be like, bro. And the uh, and I'll end my life right there. Every the, fucking rockabilly person that I've ever met. Just, man, I'm thinking about buying a hearse. Oh, yeah. Tight. That's awesome. You're so cool. God. Rockabilly, man. This Fuck. this was this definitely had a way more Ghostbusters vibe, and I would have liked. See, that's cool. Tried to preserve that, but the man, if I you wish painted was... it something other than black. You could you could get away with it in a cool like. What if you? What okay? What if you um, did like the the station wagon, the wood paneling on a hearse? Ooh, the that'd um, be cool. What about this? Imagine, if you will. A world in which there's a genre of of music based around the car from Ghostbusters and not fucking dumb rockabilly dudes driving hearses. Uh, 
I I could get into bus the... core. <laughs> bust core. Don't visit bustcore.com. <laughs> bustcore.com. <laughs> I just, I just, you're going to have to clear your, your <coughs> entire browser history there. <laughs> the, um, Brennan, tell me some good things you have coming up this year. Man, coming up this year, I'm going on vacation next month. Ooh, where are you going? I'm going to uh, Dauphin Island out, uh, off the coast of Alabama. It's, uh, we went last year. We, uh, is that, is and, that the like Tennessee Caribbean? Yes, <laughs> going basically. to Alabama. Oh yeah, no, it's right out of outside of Orange Beach. Like it's trust me, it's 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 the best you can do as a Southern person. And uh, no, last year we did. Uh, last year, me and Jessica got uh, uh, a condo on the beach, or not a condo, a house on the beach for a week, and invited our parents to come and stay with us. And didn't think about the fact that we could parlay that into them paying for it this year. So this year we Ooh. get to go for free. Last year it was a combination of uh, selling off all my crypto and Trump bucks. I used <laughs> those for, for that, which was the, be- the best thing I ever did was sell off all my crypto. Not because it was going to crash the next year, but because like people in bars want to talk to you about crypto now. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I don't hold any. Never, no, never had a cryptocurrency in my fucking life. <laughs> I don't know anything about that. You're Plausible deniability. Yeah, no, I didn't have a fucking third screen at my office where I was watching a ticker all day. <laughs> Jesus, what was I doing? Gambling. Gambling is what I was doing. I, I took like a good portion of my wife's uh, unemployment. She was so mad. I took like five hundred dollars from her unemployment and bought Chainlink with it. What an asshole! The um, oh, I, I I know exactly what kind of an asshole you were because I uh, bought Bitcoin before it crashed. Oh shit! What'd you buy at? <laughs> the, what, what price did you buy at? I think I'm in at like I don't know, fucking thirty two or thirty three. If you bought at thirty two or thirty three, that's not as bad as I've seen. It's, it, yeah, it's I, not. It's not the end of the world. The, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, no. Now, I, Jesus I, Christ! Now this is a fucking crypto podcast. Thanks a lot, dude. Sorry, that's my bad. No, I, I thought I, I sold my chain link at twenty nine when it was at a high of fifty, and I felt like a the biggest putz on the planet. And now it's at five dollars. Like, goddamn, I got a vacation out of it, and yeah. I don't have to talk to idiots at the bar about it. Yeah. The, yeah, um, I'm really sorry about that. Oh, oh. By the way, have you noticed? Speaking of uh, things, uh, you know what? You continue. <laughs> no, no, no. Tell me what you were going to say. I was just going to say, isn't it weird that Andrew Tate got like uh, hit by the feds, and now all of a sudden everybody knows who he is? I don't know who he is. Okay, good. And we're done. <laughs> Next the- topic. <laughs> Somebody, um, somebody that's listening to your podcast, feel free to DM me at BP Whalen on Twitter. We can talk about the fact that Andrew Tate is a CIA psyop. <laughs> the God, your fucking conspiracy theories. Jesus Christ. I, I, I put yeah. up a lot of shit being friends with you. You know that? Yeah, that is. And I apologize for that. I genuinely <laughs> do. It's not it's not fun. I'm sure. I'm sure it's fun sometimes. Correction. I'm sure it's not fun for a guy that doesn't drink. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah, for I mean, people that drink, like, no, I, I'm sure you're having a blast listening to me talk about Hollow Earth, but 
you know, for, for sober people. Good God. I mean, the other thing is nothing's fun for people who don't drink. So don't, don't feel too bad, dude. uh, We're in a group chat, sir. You have fun. (laughs) Life is (laughs) just doesn't involve substances. Yeah. The, um, (laughs) when, uh, remind people when the heels record drops, where they can find you guys, what shows you have all that shit. This is just just advertising copy. This doesn't mean anything. I just want you to move units. Well, uh, now that I have my text messages from Josh pulled up, the, uh, (laughs) (laughs) he reminded you when your mom's birthday is. Yep. The pre-order for the record is October 8th which is my brother's birthday and then midnight october 21st is when the record drops and uh i think you'll like it it's it's a good record you know we did good we did good uh, i, I can't like believe it. i i can't believe i don't have an advanced copy of the record i can't believe i haven't even heard fucking mixes I fucking of the emailed, that i emailed on. this record to you fucking six months ago oh christ i hope you didn't i did Oh God, I'm gonna feel like a real fucking dumbass if that's the case. The, I that's forgot hilarious. that I, I forgot that I sang on the record, and then I forgot that it, that you emailed it to me. The oh my God, that's fucking wonderful. Honestly, I'm into it. I'm I'm the worst. The, uh, <laughs> no, you're the best. Mishki Shibali podcast endorsed. <laughs> Brennan, I love you so much, dude. I can't wait to see you at fucking altercation. And we got to find a way to uh, to get you to come out of here. I got to find a way back to Memphis again soon. Yes, I'm the, coming out there. And by the way, just so this is on the record, we have invited Mishka Shibali out to Memphis to see the Doobie Brothers with Michael McDonald. He is not <laughs> confirmed or denied whether he's coming. But live podcast from the Doobie Brothers show might happen. Oh, that is, man, that is, a, that is a deal breaker's deal breaker right there. <laughs> oh God. Um, all right, Brandon, we're going to, um, we're going to get out of here on, uh, mommy, you've been on my mind. I, um, I love you so much, brother. Can't wait to see you again. I love you, King. All right. Take care. Take care. Perhaps is the color of the sun caught flat and covering The crossroads I'm standing at or maybe it's the weather or something like that Mama, you've been on my mind I mean no trouble, please don't put me down Don't get upset, I am not pleading Or saying I can't forget I do not pace the floor Bow down and beg yet Mama, you've been on my mind Even though my eyes are hazy And my thoughts, they might be narrow been, Don't bother me or bring me down with sorrow I do not even mind Who you'll be waking with tomorrow Mama, you've been on my mind I am not asking you To say words like yes or no Please understand me I have no place I'm calling you go. I'm just whispering to myself so I can pretend that I don't know Mama, you've 
Thank you so much for listening. I know there's uh, some million podcasts out there. We appreciate you uh, you spending your time with us. The um, if you're digging the show, if you're enjoying it, if you if these conversations uh, move you, make you laugh, annoy you, piss you off, um, please take a minute to uh, to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. Uh, it helps us grow the show and it helps other people find it. Um, if you'd like to hear bonus episodes, song demos, just sort of uh, ranting off the cuff uh, conversations, all sorts of different uh, bonus material, writing advice, uh, personal blog posts and stuff like that, uh, go to patreon.com slash Mishka Shabali. Uh, we will be having monthly episodes up there with my mom and I answering uh, questions from readers and... There's all kinds of good stuff there. Uh, Thank you so much for supporting.